Listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820 brings you Answering the Call, offering a glimpse into the spiritual journeys of local priests, deacons, and religious. And now, Answering the Call with Elizabeth Ficcicelli. Hi, and thanks for joining us on Answering the Call on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820 and streaming live on stgabrielradio.com. I'm your host, Elizabeth Ficcicelli. This is a program we get to meet uh, priests and deacons and religious sisters and brothers in our diocese and sometimes beyond our diocese and kind of find out how God called them into their current vocations and how they're serving in those vocations today. And in July of this year, a new group of religious sisters came to serve in our diocese, and we're just absolutely thrilled to have them. They are the Franciscan Sisters of the Immaculate Heart of Mary of Colum, and they're serving at uh, St. Peter's in Chillicothe, as well as St. Mary's in Waverly, Ohio. Last week, we spoke with the superior of the Chillicothe Convent, Sister Amelia Mary, and this week, we're going to be talking to another member of the order, Sister Shani Mary, and she's going to be sharing her vocation story as well. And in case you didn't hear the broadcast with Sister Amelia Mary, you can check that out on the archives at stgabrielradio.com. But I'd like to summarize what we learned from her about this special religious order. Uh, They were founded in 1844 by Father Louis Dupuy. He was a French missionary that traveled to the most southwest region of India. And India is a country that doesn't have a very large population of Catholics. Uh, In fact, less than 2% of the entire population is Catholic. But if you travel to the very southwest portion of the country, you're going to find lots of Catholics. And that's a result of the evangelization of St. Thomas in the very first century. He went to India and evangelized there, but also other missionaries like St. Francis Xavier in the 16th century. In 1949, the order that Father Dupuy established was divided into two congregations uh, that are based in Indian cities of Kolam and Pondicherry. And both groups primarily serve in India, but they and they also both have a focus in education and in healthcare, uh, in social work and in evangelization. But the Kolam uh, sisters have extended their work to the United States and Germany and Italy and Jordan. So with us today from the Sisters of the Immaculate Heart of Mary in Colum is Sister Shani Mary. So welcome to AM820, Sister Shani. Thank you. It is great to have you be here, and we're learning so much. I love the opportunity to talk to missionary um, priests and sisters and brothers because it it, uh, helps us to understand another part of the world that many of us may never travel to or, or have a little knowledge of it. But you yourself, like Sister Amelia, are from Colum. Um, first of all, is Colum a city or is it a village? You know, help us understand how big is Colum? It's a town. It, you'd consider it a town. So yes. it's not a huge metropolitan city, but not a little village somewhere in a town yeah. kind of. Okay. And tell us a little bit about the Catholic family that you grew up in. Yes, I grew up in a Catholic family and I studied in a Catholic school in Kerala named St. Joseph High School. How was your faith growing up? Um, your, your parents were both Catholic, yes. so you attended Mass regularly. Yeah. Uh, did you have any devotions at home? Did you pray the rosary, any kind of devotions as a family? Yeah. My ma- uh, my mother used to take me to the church every day. And now, now, every day. Yeah. Now, Sister Amelia Mary had said she walked five or six miles to church. Did you have a long way to travel? No, the church was very close to my home. Okay, so you were able to go there every day for yeah. Mass. Yeah. 
And did you enjoy that as a child? Yes, I really enjoyed it. What did you like about Mass when you were a child? My mother is a prayerful lady, so usually she goes to the church every day for Mass. So she wants us to be in the church every day for the Mass with her. So I was attracted by Mother to be with her in the church. Okay, so she really set that good example. Sounds like your parents gave you a very good foundation in faith growing up. Um, So you attended uh, Catholic school, as you said. You were taught by the Sisters of St. Anne? No, I was taught by my own religious sisters. Okay, the Franciscan sisters? Yeah. Okay. Um, And do you think that uh, they were an inspiration to you, those first Franciscan sisters that you were exposed to? is, Is that where you began to get the idea of possibly being a sister yourself? Yes, I was attracted by my own religious sisters who are working at my parish and who taught me in high school. And why I chose to be a nun means it was my ardent desire from the very childhood to become a nun and serve for the Lord. Therefore, I, as soon as I completed my 10th grade, I joined to the order and learned more about my order. So 10th grade is where high school ended for you. That was the end of high school, yes. 10th grade. Okay. Um, when was it that you were taught by the Sisters of St. Anne? Uh, kinder- it- kindergarten. Oh, in kindergarten. Yeah. Okay. So why, I'm just curious, because um, sometimes your first exposure to a religious order might be the one you're drawn to. What was it? about the Franciscans that you like better than the Sisters of St. Anne? I was attracted by my own order because of the way of dressing. Since the order of St. Anne, most of the majority of them wear sari, okay. so I don't prefer sari. Because that was the typical you know, dress, yeah. so it, they didn't stand out as much. Where your order is in a white habit, yeah. full white habit, so yeah. long white um, with the dress and the veil yeah. and the the cape over the shoulders. Yes. I don't know if there's a name for the cape over the shoulders, but very traditional. So it's very obvious that you are a member of the Franciscans when you wear that habit. So as a child, as a young person, it was the habit that drew you. <laughs> but that's okay. That's an outward sign, right? So we're, we're all led in different ways. Um, so were there any saints that you used to read about that inspired you also? To, to have a religious life? It was St. Maria Goretti. What was it about St. Maria Goretti that... that um, At the age of 14, she was murdered by Alexander. Yes. So the sto- after reading her story, I was really inspired by her, st- uh, her true story. Uh, being a child, she could offer her life for the Christ, mm-hmm. and she kept until her death her virginity mm-hmm. for the Christ. So it was uh, St. Mary Goretti, and I used a lot of books. Among them, it was St. John Bosco. Mm-hmm. So I also was thinking, after my studies, I could all, if I can, I could also go and serve the Lord. Yeah. 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 And so you finished 10th grade, you're about 15, yeah. and you have come to the point where you want to give your life to Christ as a religious sister, what was your parents' reaction to that? They were not so favorable towards my decision. 
but it was they who raised me with a very good catholic faith and early i told especially my mother who takes me to the church every day and pray the rosary at home every day and i can now recall with deep gratitude it was they who made for me an opportunity to think about my vocation so i decided to join to the order at the age of 15 many of my guests on this program have shared that their parents weren't always very favorable when they made this decision to become a priest or to become a religious um that in time they would come to embrace that and accept that but at first when their son or daughter said this is what i want to do with my life many times the mom or the dad were resistant it sounds like your mother was a little bit more supportive it sounds like your father had a little more resistance to it what was his big fear or hold up about his daughter entering religious life do you think he wanted to make me a lawyer after my studies ah that was his wish but since i was thinking about uh, joining to the order this was my secret idea and i was keeping in mind till my 10th grade if i go for the further study it was not able to come to the convent so soon after my studies i uh, i openly said to my mom this is my this is what i want to do so she was very supportive and my father didn't like but after a long time he agreed somewhat i can say Yeah, but in the beginning it was tough. And and I yeah. got to think that that's that's a tough way also to start formation. Sister Amelia Mary shared also in her story yeah. um the reluctance on her parents' part. And it's it's hard, you know, as a parent, you have a 15-year-old who's who's saying this is what I want to do and and 15 is kind of young to know with certainty what you want to do with the rest of your life. How do you how did you know that God was truly calling you? After joining to the order I had often so doubts about my vocation. Those days I found very difficulties to hold my feelings. And I was really doubting whether I have the true call from God. Meanwhile, we had a retreat for 5 days. During that retreat, I had a vision and probably I believe that it was a divine vision. The vision is like this. Jesus was coming down from a top place. He dressed with a white garment and his shoulder a red shawl. The place was adorned with red carpet. And I saw above the head of Jesus a dove was carrying a ribbon. There it was written St John 14:14. And I didn't know that what is St John 14:14. So soon after the retreat I opened the Bible and read the verses If you ask anything in my name I will do it So it was a great turning point for me to be firm in my vocation That's a marvelous story and most of us don't have that privilege that grace of of being granted a vision that answers the prayers and what I love about your story is that you know you 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 uh, are talking about something that's very real in pursuing a vocation is that when a, a man enters a seminary or a woman enters the convent you know they you're on a journey you're you're seeking your discernment you believe you're being called but it's in the seminary and in the convent in that 
formation, that's where your call will really be tested. And that's where you will really understand it and embrace it if it is a true calling. And in your case, you had those doubts, but that is such a real part of the journey. So many of my guests have talked about that, the obstacles and the doubts, and then working through that, um, either through spiritual direction or, in your case, through a real grace from God that said, Sister Shani Mary, you are where you need to be. Mm-hmm. And I bet that scripture verse is really holds a special place in your heart, even to this day. Beautiful. We're talking with Sister Shani Mary of the Franciscan Sisters of the Immaculate Heart of Mary in Colum, and she's sharing her vocation story here on Answering the Call on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, AM820. And I am your host, Elizabeth Ficicelli. Now, Sister, when you had entered the Franciscans, did you understand about their missionary aspect? You know, the idea that, again, you could be sent somewhere far away. Did, did you understand the missionary part of it? After joining the order, I understood before I didn't know about the mission work of my congregation. I wonder if that might have been um, part of, of your dad's reluctance, because he probably did know about the missionary work of those sisters, and that his daughter, if she joins them, could end up being sent far away. But you at 15, you didn't really, you were still all about the habit. <laughs> <laughs> so the mission work would come later, but you were like, this is, and, and I, I say that in jest because you said you were taught by the Franciscan sisters, and obviously they, they were good teachers and I'm sure a very holy influence on you and, yeah. and had a lot to do with, with your vocation, the seeds of your vo- vocation. So you were 15 and you move away from home and into the convent. Yes. You know, your mom is somewhat supportive. Dad's still not so much in the beginning. But this is a big transition. Was it difficult to move away from home and enter the convent? Yes, it was. How, how was it different? How difficult? Because it was my great decision to join the order. So all on a sudden, I took the decision and went to the convent. I didn't think about the feelings of my parents or anything. Um, so after joining the convent, I was feeling so sad away from my home and my sister, sister and brother. But I didn't show it to them because I was I was really convinced about my vocation because it is God really who calls me and gives always strength to walk in His divine love. And it was also a surprise for me that my intimate friend also joined with me to go to the convent. So she was there always with me to support and give me courage. And it was, we made our first and final profession together. And her name is Sister Fatima Mary. Okay. She's right now in India working as a nurse, one of our hospitals in Kerala. Okay, so um, so your friend was there with you, which does help because otherwise you're you're moving in to a community of people that you don't know. Yeah. All these people were you young in your class? Were as fifteen? Were you one a young one, or was it typical that women would go in right after high school? Yes, 
So it, so there were other young women. It wasn't like you were um, so young. Like Therese of Lisieux was very young when she went in compared to the other women of her community. But you, it sounds like there were young people. So that wasn't different. Was was there any difference in things like food or anything else that you had to adjust to, or was it pretty? Yes, it was. It was for me. It was very difficult to adjust with food. Really? Why? <laughs> what was the food? What was with the food? It make difference from my mom's cooking. Oh, was it mom's cooking? So that adds to the feeling of homesick. I can sure understand that. Uh, How big was your class? How many uh, girls were in your class? You mean in my batch? Yes, yes. We were 18. 18. Okay, so that's a sizable group. And you picked up um, a couple of degrees along the way in your formation in sociology. You picked up a bachelor's degree and a master's. What what were you hoping to do with sociology? Why did you pick sociology? Actually, I was not interested in sociology. I would like to take English and study. But since my mother general was asked me to take graduation in sociology, I did. Okay. All right. So that came from your mother general. Tell me about your religious name. Sister Amelia Mary said that you are given your religious name. Your name is Sister Shani Mary. Tell us a little bit about that name. Yes. The name Sister Shani Mary is a given name from the order and it is the same for all the sisters of our order. So each one has got a patron saint for their name. Since I have no patron saint for my name, I have taken the day of our Lord's transfiguration because it has got some remembrance with my name. The Lord was shining on the Mount Tabor when he was transfigured. And so Shani means shining yes. or how beautiful. <laughs> I love that. And obviously everyone has the name Mary in their religious name after your devotion to yes. the Blessed Mother. Yes. Can't go wrong with that. So now you made your final commitment or vow last year, right? Just last year. Yes. You're fully professed. Um, and that was back home in India. So your family was able to be there for that? Yes. Um, my father was not there because he passed last year he passed away he saw where you he saw that you were going to be professed but wasn't there yeah, for the, the final he commitment. was dreaming so much but he couldn't be there ah i'm sorry to hear that was your, your mom able to be there your siblings or yeah she was there tell us about the the ceremony of of making final vows was it what were your fond memories of that it is so solemn uh, that mm. it's ever memorable um it's a day of joy and happiness for all all our congregation members especially those who make their vows on that day so the whole family members um, up to 50 person can participate for that function wow and it takes around three hours wow yeah but a big celebration so many years have gone into this moment and you are fully professed as a bride of christ and so you made that commitment last year, and I, I'm sure by that time you figured out that you could be sent out of the country. <laughs> no. You learned all about that missionary stuff in those years of formation. How and when did you learn that you would be coming to the United States? I didn't have any idea about coming to the United States. But one day my superior general called me and said they are planning to send me to Rome for the religious study, but I was not interested in interested in going to Rome and study, I asked an excuse. But later one day I came to know that I will be sent to United States. Since I have asked an excuse, 
I didn't ask any more excuse. <laughs> I accepted that God needs me here to work for his glory. Wow. Yeah. So you used up all your excuses. Now studying in Rome sounds like that could have been pretty interesting. <laughs> yeah. Was it just that whole thing about going away and then learning a language? You'd have to learn Italian probably and I didn't think I didn't think so far, but after study they want me to put in formation field and i was not interested in formation formation means one who take the charge of the forming other uh, sisters yeah, yeah, yes. what as you were going through your formation what was your hope to do when you would become fully professed what did you want to do not formation what did you want to do i want to serve the poor people serve the poor or more than that i was desiring to be a teacher i like to be with the children Right. Okay. So you you passed on Rome, but then United States comes <laughs> up, and now you can't pass on that one. So what was your reaction when you learned you were going to be coming to America? I was really sad. Were you because it's so far away? Because of yeah, that's also reason. Well, tell it. You know, did you have any preconceived ideas about America? You know, any negative thoughts about it or whatever? Or, you know. It's a highly rich country. Yeah. And people are very secure secured here. Okay. So so you're saying you were not going to expect to encounter too many poor people in America maybe is that what you're saying? Before coming here, I didn't think that there are poor people in America. Mhm. But now we really work in the midst of poor people. You do. Yeah. So you came here a couple months ago, just two months ago, uh, to Chillicothe, to Ohio. What is your impression of people in America? It's so wonderful. It gives me real joy and happiness to express my impression about the people of Chillicothe. They are really amazing, so lovable, so generous and kind. The love they share with us gives us each day its meaning and forever its dreams. and i can say that the people who live their faith life are so strong in faith i can also add there are people in america who are spiritually poor mhm yes there are a lot of yeah. people i know when you were um chatting me chatting with me you were uh, talking about this the the friendly outgoing people how welcomed you've been since you've been in ohio and you know i wonder if part of that is uh, because chillicothe is a relatively small town mm-hmm. so you have that small town america where I think you see more of the outgoing where if they had put you say in a big city like New York or Chicago, you know, you maybe you wouldn't have experienced that much because people tend to to in a city environment to stay to themselves, but I think you're seeing small town America in in coming to a place like Chillicothe and and I'm glad to hear that people are being so welcoming. What's what's the biggest cultural difference would you say between India and America? I think from my assumption it's marriage because in india most of the marriages are arranged marriage oh okay yeah. and here it is the boy found the either the boy or girl find find each other, each other yeah so that's a big difference now now that you're here uh, what kind of work do they have you doing in chilakathi our first and foremost goal is witness the love of jesus through our consecrated life we reach out our services to those on the margins for our community 
particularly the poor. We are visiting the sick and homebound. And also we are visiting the prison, hospitals. We also find time to spend with the developmentally disabled who live in Good Shepherd Nursing Home at Waverly. And we we are helping for liturgy preparation in the parish church. So they're not giving you a lot of time off yet, are they? It sounds <laughs> like developmentally disabled and the, the hospitals, the prisons and the children. You're getting to work with children, yes. which you love, which is awesome. You know, after all these years, Sister, you're you're finally living the vocation you always dreamed about as a child. Is it what you expected? There is some differences from my imagination. <laughs> what are they? <laughs> I mean, the real life is beyond our imagination. Suppose we imagine so many things for the married life also. There will be a lot of changes from our imagination. So imagination doesn't make the real life. And I believe that it always depends upon how we are able to live in a, live our life in the midst of challenges. And I firmly believe that one who called me to this life is always with me to nourish and cherish. It sounds like yeah. he really is. Yeah. And you're living this vocation beautifully. What's the hardest part um, for you to be away from home? I know you haven't been away from home all that long, but is it hard already? Yes. <laughs> what do you miss most? There are a lot of things I miss. But what I really miss is my life in India, especially my friends, my family, my sisters. Yeah, it is. It's hard. Family, it's hard to leave family. Sister, if a young girl approached you and said she was thinking about becoming a sister, what would you tell her? First of all, I appreciate for the good choice she has made. And also I can speak about the religious life from my experience to her to support and help her more. Oh, beautiful. Sister Shani Mary, it's been uh, such a joy having you on the show and telling us about the Franciscan Sisters. We welcome you to our diocese. And could you end this with a prayer? Yes, sure. God Almighty Father, thank you for the gift of my vocation. And now especially thank you, Lord, for calling me as a missionary to this country. Help me to witness Christ through my consecrated life. And I also pray for the vocation to the priesthood and consecrated life so that we may spread the fragrance of your love to all over the world. Bless my congregation and our missions. Thank you, Lord, for this precious opportunity to share my vocation story to the Catholic Radio of Columbus. Bless us all. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Sister Shani Mary. This is Elizabeth Ficicelli. Uh, catch us on Tuesdays and Sundays, 1230. God bless. Answering the Call is a production of listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, AM820. Archives of Answering the Call with Elizabeth Ficicelli are available at stgabrielradio.com. Sanctity